Hi, this is Chris. And this is John. You're listening to the Nerdy Dadcast. Yeah, I mean, questions could probably be asked. I mean, let's be honest. It's been a long time. This happens from time to time with the show, but I don't think we've ever gone this long without an episode. Yeah, I know. It's true. I'm not even really sure what year it is anymore. So I think it's been a long time, but I can't actually tell. So it seemed, I mean, I haven't seen you in a long time, so it must have been a while. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a while. Lots have changed. I mean, I, in fact, I'm trying to think. It would have been like the middle of like whatever crazy weather season it was. Um, I think I was just starting to get over uh, the spicy cough, which you know took months to, to get over. Uh, and then uh, once the spicy cough was sorted out, then I had uh, all sorts of, you know, uh, gastrointestinal fun over the course of the summer. It was like, you know. So the problem with this stuff. crazy weather season is every season now is a crazy weather season. So that's not really all that accurate either. But yeah, you've been, we've certainly both been through a lot and you've been through your own share for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, I'd like to suggest it's just a thing of getting old, but, uh, no, it's just, it's just a thing of being me. But anywho, we're back, we're recording and you know what else is back? School. Which for each of us is obviously a little bit of a different experience. Like I, uh, baby four, she has gone into kindergarten, which one, I cannot believe that that's actually possible, <laughs> like that she is old enough to go into kindergarten, but she is. Uh, and two, how apparently by going into kindergarten, she has leveled up from no daddy, that's not right, to no daddy, I'm right. Already, eh? I mean, for me, because we didn't take the kindergarten routes, I mean, I sort of had to wait a little bit longer before my child started beating me at things. And I mean, we've had that come up recently where in the last six months, he's gotten better than me at Mario Kart, which I swear is something that's not supposed to happen until he was 14 or 15 anyways. He's also hit the double digits, which means he's now reminding me constantly that he's a tenth of a a century or he's a decade old. So yeah, it's the whole leveling (laughs) up thing. And you know, as fathers, we think that they're not going to get smarter than us until they're at least, you know, six. And sh- sure enough, I mean, five for baby four, son. And yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's just amazing how, how these little, you know, information sponges continue to sort of consume so much process and understand, comprehend, and then regurgitate. Like I am, I am blown away. Like today we were out walking our, our puppy. Oh, Hey. Did I have a puppy when we last recorded a show? I don't think you did. I have a puppy now. Okay. Um, I mean, it's we got her like end of spring or sort of mid-spring or whatever. But uh, we were out walking the puppy. And uh, Baby Force was telling me how there was this sort of big branch that had fallen down. And it was in a very awkward location. And someone should come by and relocate it. Hmm. Now... What she said made perfect sense, but I can't for the life of me figure out where she would have been to have got that combination of words strung together to actually go in and say it that way. I'm pretty sure at her age, I was like, stick in bad spot. Let's move. 
last week you were still like that. I mean, I, I we didn't talk last week, but six months ago you were still like that too. So that doesn't, doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, right. So, I mean, she's she is already like leveled up beyond me. Much like your son is beating you in Mario Kart, my daughter is beating me in the English language. <laughs> I guess those are two different things. Although my son would probably beat me in the English language too. So I just choose to speak Norwegian or something to throw him right off. Oh well, see, I don't, I don't not have that that oper, uh, opportunity in, in front of me. Um, but you know, talking about the back to school process, like we being that she's in kindergarten, my wife and I took the, I believe, uh, obligatory uh, Instagram snapshot right, yeah. of her holding the chalkboard that says "My first day in kindergarten." Yep, and then you know her last day in kindergarten. We'll take the the obligatory uh, Instagram uh, snapshot because I believe if you don't take that, they delete your Instagram account, which might be a good thing. Now, also, I'm pretty sure the last day of kindergarten, she'll have a mohawk and be giving you the finger if I'm if I'm able, like if my seer powers are still there to predict the future. Yeah, I mean that's that's how much leveling up occurs in the course of kindergarten. She'll no longer be baby force; it'll be like you know, teen girl force. <laughs> but um, you know, I we, we've talked about this before. Um, you know, my daughter is going into the the school system, but I believe your kids are are still uh, at home. Yeah, no, I mean, we live in a very rural place and it's really suited us to stay on the homeschool path. And that's just been the way we've done it. Now we still go through a school and they still do classes. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of optional things, but uh, that's sort of its own bag of worms and it depends what you're doing it for. And uh, and yeah, so far it's worked for us and Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens as time goes forward and uh, the resources they need for sure. Yeah. But I'm, I'm actually curious myself, like, is it a, Hey guys, we're going back to school the day after labor day as everyone else does, or does school not really stop? It doesn't really ever stop. And that's, that's kind of the thing. So people are like, Oh, you're going back to school. And my kids are like, I've been doing it all summer. It doesn't really matter. And so, so that's kind of the thing. I mean, we don't do it on a, as a structured, as structured as within the school system, but uh, we still put us put aside Usually 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. every day, and uh, and we see what we get done in that time. So, yeah, for mm-hmm. them, it's not really a big change. They talk about school every now and then. Like, I I think they think they have it better, and they probably do. But uh, they say, you know, I, I, th- I think homeschool is awesome, but I wouldn't really know because I've never actually been to school. So they don't really have the comparative thing to do on it. But, uh, mm-hmm. but other than that, yeah, that's sort of how we roll. Yeah. You know, and – you know, as your, your son's getting older, I mean, he's reaching sort of that age where, you know, I, I, I would think he'd start to critically question, like, am I missing out on something? And do you believe at some point he might say, Hey, I'd like to give that a, a try or. And that's always been part of the thing. If he does decide that at some point in the future, then that would totally be an option. I mean, I've had the, I had the conversation with him when he was like three and he mm-hmm. said, Dad, I want to go to this school one day. And I was like, okay, bud, you can go to that school. But, you know, you'd have to go every day. And you'd have to do this and you have to do that. And he'd be like, oh, okay, no, I don't want to do that. And so over the years, I mean, it comes up every now and then. Certainly when we moved out here to the to rural life, it probably became the closest we came to just putting them into the local school because it has a really good reputation and, uh, and it seemed like a good thing to do. But then again, there's still, you know, I know, I know it's over. I know it doesn't exist anymore, but, you know, I still have shadows of COVID out there and all that. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of thought, no, you know, we're not quite there yet. And this yeah. has been working, so we've kept it uh, kept it as it is. Yeah, I, you know, and I, I'm not to, you know, it's not a conversation of your daughter, but, you know, I'm sort of thinking back to me, when did I start questioning sort of 
you know, the rule of law, which happened to be, you know, what was defined by my parents inside of the house that I lived in, uh, would have been around the end of elementary school. I think it was the, the day that, and I, I did actually, did your elementary school, when you have assemblies, you know, give grade sevens the respect by them getting to sit on the benches while every other grade got to sit on the floor? I don't think so. No. Okay. So in, in my elementary school, grade sevens were like, uh, the shiznit because we got to sit on the bench. All the other kids sat on the floor. And for that one year, you're like, you know, king of the <laughs> hill. And then you go into high school in grade eight and it's like, oh, so we no longer, you know, carry with us the gravitas. See, that seems really cruel because I mean, you're at the top of the world and then suddenly you hit grade eight. And I mean, I don't know how your school was. My school for junior high, we did eight to 10. Even so, between 8 and 10, that's a big jump. And now most of the schools that I know of are 8 to 12. So that's an even bigger jump. If you come in, if you think you're the top of the world of grade 7, and you come into grade 8 and you just get, you get put in your place pretty quickly and you don't recover for five years. No, I mean, it's, I had the fortune of going into the junior high and then senior high system. So yeah, grade 8, bottom of the pile. But, you know, one year later, I'm in the middle of the pack and in grade 10, hey, top dog. And then in senior, 11 and 12, yeah, the 12s are going to graduate. It was very clear the seniors were piecing out. But at 11, you, you you didn't come in as if you're on sort of the bottom of of the, the table. I mean, you just did your thing. No, I mean, it was a long time ago, but as I remember, that was, yeah, something like that. Yeah. But um, I, I also have another question because this is something that's, you know, pertinent to what's going on uh, with us is uh, – a uh, a person overseas who happens to be the uh, former head of state of Canada is no longer with us. Indeed, and uh, and the province has decided that uh, schools should close to allow for uh, kids to reflect on on things, which is interesting because one, you don't actually make it a statutory holiday. Like I get it. Like I am a student of history and political science. I understand that our political system is just entrenched within like process and tradition and all of this stuff that no one ever thinks to go in and really review until it happens. And then it's, and then it's like the, Oh, what do we do next moment? So I understand that custom says there should be a holiday ish, but to have gone with the approach of, yeah, we're going to shut down the schools and have all these kids, you know, go home where their parents and whatnot are not there. It's a, it's an interesting experience. So are you going to have that moment of reflection for, for, for things on, uh, on Monday or, uh, you know, we haven't actually talked about it with the kids. Um, I don't know. We haven't really gone into the monarchy itself. Um, I, you know, the queen, I respect her as having been in a position for 70 years. That's crazy. And mm-hmm. unheard of, really. Uh, but still, you know, 96 is a really good life. And I can't be too sad. And I'm not too much of a monarchist myself. I don't really, I, I don't, I, you know, she's on her coins. She's on her money. But beyond that, and I understand her her role-ish in government. But it's not really that big a thing. So, yeah, I mean, we'll talk historically and talk about the... Uh, you know, my kids are really into geography right now. They really don't know the geography. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of been an object we've been going into. Um, 
I read a stat earlier that the British Crown owns basically sixth, one sixth of all the land on Earth. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's that's an interesting thing to talk about. Well, okay. I mean, now you've got me curious, but now I'm. I was like, well, how is that possible? But considering here in Canada, Crown lands. It's crown land. Yep. Like I, I don't equate that as being owned by the quote unquote but crown. It is, right? Right? So yeah, and that's it is all yeah. throughout the world. So yeah, that's really interesting. And so there's a lot of research to do there and to look into that. And certainly systems of monarchy. And it's it's uh, yeah. And the queen, she was uh, you know really long serving, un- unheard of, and a lot of people put a lot of love to her. So yeah, the. Uh, Baby Force uh, knows the Queen from one of her uh, Peppa Pig books, okay. where uh, Peppa and her f- school go to London, and the Queen drives the tour bus. Nice. And I and I genuinely believe that Baby Force, in her world, that's what the Queen did. And so, with the <laughs> Queen's passing, who's going to drive the bus now? Which, luckily, I there's mean, at it, least three or four other royals that are that can drive a bus. So, you know, are qualified to drive a bus. Yeah. But trying to explain to her, Oh, well, it could be that maybe it's the King that's going to drive the bus. Well, no, no, the queen drives the bus. There's no King. So, I mean, yeah. And you know, that's maybe that should just, should have just been it. You know, the queen dies and that's it. We can just give up on the monarchy and you don't, I don't know. I don't think we need Charles on our money personally, but you know, yeah, that's that it'll, it's a whole different podcast. It really is. Yeah. So we don't want to go too far into that. But. No, but, uh, no, I mean, it's, it's, these are things that, that I'm now sort of getting to, to deal with within the context of a, a public school system. I mean, it's, uh, you know, looking through the calendar and the number of non-instructional days, which I understand are, are, are required for, you know, teachers to have the opportunity for development. I mean, I, I, when I look at, our public system. I mean, there's so many areas as to which funding is missing. Um, and it's amazing how, you know, the general population would view like, Oh, we, you know, students don't need a platinum education. Cause I didn't have one when <laughs> that's well, really. the whole problem. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but now having to, you know, you know, work within the, the, the context of that system. And I, I actually, you know, was even thinking about it because like you're being at, you're at home um, with your kids, it, you have sort of the ability to define the schedule schooling sort of goes throughout. There's some fluidity to it. Um, but for, for my wife and I, we're sort of, we work around what the public system says, here are the spaces I have no clue what we're going to do with baby force come summer, but I guess that's a summer problem. Yeah. And that's definitely a big thing. And I mean, especially in a market where you not, people can't afford to have parents stay home and what do you do? So that's definitely a big issue. Well, I know what we're going to do. My wife's going to win the lottery. Mm. That's a good one. I was looking, I was on my daily bike ride earlier and I went past the local store and it had the lottery amount in the window. And I guess it's 7 million right now you can win. So, yeah, I mean, I, and I'm not, I don't like 7 million would be nice. I'm not going to be greedy. I don't need like 70 million. Uh, yeah, 7 I mean, million, you can I give like a hundred bucks to each of your relatives and, uh, and t- keep 7 million. Uh, at least, at least 150. <laughs> I'm not that cheap. 200 um, is you should like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this is the thing. Like it is, it is just 
something that you know we are now you know looking to uh to deal with and and i mean it, it'll get dealt with and and you know we're fortunate we're not in a position or we are in a position sorry i should rephrase that that we'll be able to potentially have her go into some form of summer program or or or, or you know a, a care program or something like that if need be um if for some reason my wife does not win the lottery well, I will message her and tell her to get on that. And really, any of your excess earnings right now, she should put towards lottery tickets because that's the way to go. Yeah. Either that or casinos. I mean, one of the two, you're going to be rich. Yeah. The um, subjects that your your kids get, is there preferences as to like, I like this one, but I don't like that one? Oh, for sure. I mean, it's also a matter of development, really. I mean... My daughter, for the longest time, she's very stubborn. So before she could read, she wouldn't like you would try to help her read, and she just didn't want that. It was either you mm. read or nothing else. And if you tried to get her to sound out the words, she would be like, "No, I can't do that. I can't read." In like a really deep, manly, you know, forty-ish voice, she mm. actually used that. So, so yeah, it took a long time to get her to uh, to read. But luckily, we have good resources for that. My mother-in-law has a PhD in learning, in, in education, in something, in literacy. I, I, I hope she's not listening right now so that I don't have to go with that later. But anyways, yes. So that was how my daughter got there. But definitely they have their favorite subjects. We keep, or I keep a very certain, like we English and math are very important. And we do science as well. Other than that, you know, we sort of go where their interests are. Mm-hmm. And so that's, and that's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of, you know, science can be a lot of things. My, for instance, my, my son this afternoon baked a wonderful loaf of cheese bread all by himself. Oh, wow. We were out in the yard doing other things. He was in the house baking cheese bread. And so he made a loaf of bread with, to go, to go with dinner. Now that right there is a great example of science. All the things that you're mixing together, all the processes you're, it's a learning experience right there. And at 10, he now feels very capable of doing that. So it's sort of just wherever they want to go, we help them get there as well as doing the basics and keeping that in line. Yeah. So actually, so in, in baking the loaf of bread, like, is there, you know, an assignment to sort of explain like the processes that are taking place as to the use of, let's say, you know, like what, what does baking soda, uh, yeah, absolutely. you know, serve as and what's happening? And the, all of the uh, chemical reactions and everything that you can go with. So, yeah. yeah. See, this is, that's the type of learning that I think I always gravitated for. Like I, I was pretty okay in science, but with the problem with science is a lot of what we had to do, I didn't really like, like I enjoyed when I was in, in high school, I got to do more chemistry, but I loved doing the actual hands-on experimentation and being able to witness see, cause was, I was very much a kinesthetic learner. And then I remember in high school, us going to like Playland for a science day. And while you're on the rides, you also had to calculate like, you know, a variety of different forces and, and what have you based on, okay, you went on the coaster and, you know, you need to calculate the, you know, this velocity as to which you were traveling, you know, on the first, like, you know, you know, drop or, or what have you. And here are some, you know, baseline figures and you need to calculate the rest. And, um, I love that. And so I think, you know, with what your son was doing, I would have been all over that. Now I, I took what was known as home ec in grade eight. We all did, right? Right. And uh, I loved the baking uh, portion of the class. Sewing was okay, but baking was where my where it was. I love doing stuff. Um, 
I kind of look back and I really wish that one, you know, two things had occurred. One, that it was considered to be socially acceptable for a guy to actually take cooking back okay. in high school in our, in our era. Um, I perceive that it wasn't. And two, that that was actually possible. Like I, I, I watch like just on TV, like watching these, you know, the master chef and all the reality stuff and watching people like whip up things. I'm like, I don't need to go and compete and I wouldn't be necessarily the guy in a restaurant, like in the kitchen, but boy, I'd love to be like, you know, whipping together like crazy stuff here at home. I mean, I still could. It's just now I'm much more self-conscious where he is back then. I would have been able to pick up the skills and, and what have you. Yeah. Plus our brains have gotten older now, so it's harder for us to pick up the skills as quickly. And I mean, my son, he's again, we talked about Mario Kart earlier. I think at this point he can probably cook better than I can too. And he's 10. So it's not that I don't have cooking skills. It's just that mm-hmm. my wife was always much better at it and was more passionate about it. So once we were married, it sort of, I left that to her and she did the cooking. But now with, uh, with my son having so much interest in it, he's, upped his game quite a bit and he makes he made a lovely pie the other night and he makes all the things it's pretty amazing and it's also you know it's like he asks for cookbooks for his birthday and he gets them and he's not upset you know if i had gotten a cookbook when i was 10 i'd be like but you wouldn't have asked for it would you no you wouldn't have and it was a different era you're right but uh, i it's one thing the kids really do i mean for all of the things that the generations before have screwed up the world and screwed up their world uh it's one thing the kids really do have today where it's a lot less judgy. You know, it's a, mm-hmm. there's a lot more openness to these ideas and not like what you said where you thought it wasn't appropriate for you to take cooking. I don't feel that that's generally a problem in school these days. I mean, you still do have classic tropes and bullying and yeah. all of that, but I don't think it's certainly not the same as it was when we were kids. No, not I don't. I mean, I. I can't speak from much experience because no. I don't have my child's the not kids that, I know. that the point kids I've been at, through yeah. various programs with. Yeah. I just, you know, and I, now that we sort of on that topic, like I'm thinking back, like, yeah, I, I like the home ec portion of, of that sort of grade eight curriculum, which was like home ec industrial ed half and half. Um, I aced like cooking. I aced sewing. I don't think I aced um, woodwork and metalwork. Um, I got like decent grades, but for me, I didn't really enjoy the whole like big tools, making a gumball machine stuff. That was not me. I loved when we were like in the kitchen. Yeah, it's really funny. I mean, I I was the firstborn grandchild in my family. And my family, all of my, my grandfather and my uncles, they're all car guys. And they all know cars. And I was the firstborn grandchild. And I never had any interest in cars whatsoever. So finally, when I got to grade 11, I, I remember seeing that as a, I could take mechanics and I thought, oh, well, I should. Yes, I don't have a car. Yes, my mother doesn't have a license and I don't have a license. So, but you know, because my family is this way, I should go to mechanics and I should learn about these things. And I did. And it was, it was the first class I ever failed, I think, because I went for the first like month and then I just said, no, this isn't for me. And I stopped going and we went to the keg every day for lunch instead. And the keg back in those days was, you know, that was a good lunch. Yeah, and back then, yeah, you got a you got a bowl of bread. The steak was. It was like, actually what? it was funny. We'd get a, fifteen bucks or whatever. Yeah, and we like the waitresses knew us. We were like seventeen at the time, and we all had 
we all had jobs and so we had money that we didn't have anything to do with. And so we would show up at the keg every day for lunch and the waitresses would bring us each our own, our own jar of pop, like pitcher of pop and a keg sized nachos. And that was lunch every day. Yeah. I, uh, I can't say we went to the keg a lot when I was young, but I, I, the few times that we would go, uh, usually with my family or, or my grandparents, I, I was like, oh, this, this is the greatest restaurant ever. And I didn't perceive it to be that expensive. And I remember the first time I sort of, I went on a date, we went to the keg and, uh, I didn't perceive it as expensive now. Um, went there earlier this year for my birthday. It is very expensive. But I mean, it is. Yes. Everything's very expensive now. Everything is. Yeah. So, but on that note, if, I mean, we didn't start off on this tangent because of this, but if anyone from the keg is listening and you want to sponsor the nerdy dad cast, <laughs> we would be happy to. Happy to take that sponsorship. Do you do you have a keg up like anywhere near you <laughs> that you could go to? No, I'd have to come back to the coast. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, even going back further as to you know when I asked that question, of favorite subjects, uh, baby force. I mean, it's only been in in kindergarten for a couple of weeks now, in the gradual entry. Um, trying to ask her, so what did you learn or what did you do today? And it's it's been very hit or miss. But she has determined her favorite subjects are recess and lunch. Okay. And you're and like, I had oh, said, that's a little bit of my heart right there. That was me. <laughs> and I actually asked her, I'm like, sorry, th- those are subjects? Yes, daddy. The teacher says recess and lunch are subjects. And I'm like, okay. I kind of think that maybe the, it, the term like periods or, or, you know, some form of like timing has been utilized and she's interpreted as subjects, but that's, that's fine. Uh, they had an assembly today as well, which is what sort of got me thinking about that question. Cause she was like, oh, it was really cool. We all got to sit in the front because we're the best. I'm like, oh, oh, what, what you don't know quite yet, you know, baby force is 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 so cute. So, just on that note, I mean, you've said she's upgraded now; um, she's moved up a level. So, really, and I mean, I know we've had this conversation in the past, but she should probably, I think, Kinder Force sounds a little better than Baby Force at this point. You know, that might be the way to go. Yeah, but then, like, what is it? Grade one force, and then grade two force, and grade three force. Elementary like, force. Yeah, <laughs> like elementary force. I don't know. Like this. Is, ever, I remember when I first, you know, when she was born, and I had shared her as baby force. And within days, people are questioning, like, how are you going to deal with this when she grows up? Soon she'll be infant force, toddler force, teenager force. Like, and I'm like, no, she'll always be baby force. Well, yeah, and I'm sure you don't say that to her because she would not have that. I am not a baby data. She, well, see, this is the thing. She is not, but she accepts that daddy calls her baby boo. But I'm okay. the only one. Okay. I can call her baby boo. Um, if we were if if we were to say, um, who says you're their baby? Oh, you and mama. So she she is she is allowed for us to use those terms. But if Nana or Papa or Grandma and Granddad were to say, "Oh, you're our little, you know, baby granddaughter," oh no, 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 that. Okay, let's we're we're calling parlay. We're gonna have a chat. Sit you down, old people. Let me tell you what's what. So it's pretty cute, but at the same time, it's. I also like the fact that she's, you know, sort of it's it's. There are there are things as well that I'm also sort of observing more now is that. Her name is pronounced, or we had determined that we were going to pronounce it one way. Um, it's spelled so the way it sort of sounds, but uh, when it comes to others seeing it, they say it a different way. And 
we had always sort of determined if she herself decides when she's old enough that she has a preference, we'll adapt to what she wants. We'll be accepting that way. Yeah, no, her name is her name and she will correct you. No, no, oh, that's yeah. not what my name is. This is my name. And I like that because I went, you know, I'm Chris. My my full name is Christopher. I will answer to both. Um, but when when people who get to know me, oh, what do you prefer? And I say Chris and like, no, I, I know too many Chris's. So you're Christopher. <laughs> then I you used don't to talk just be like, okay, anymore. whatever. That person's dead to you. Right. But like, I was yeah. never like, I, I have a preference. And if you ask me for it and tell me you're not going to respect that, that upset me, but I wouldn't ever say anything. And then there's like, I see my daughter do that. And I'm not that dad, daddy needs to learn lessons from you. It is a good lesson. I was having that conversation earlier today where, yeah, we had this innate ability that innate thing, just as humans in general, we want people to like us. And so people do things like that. And you're like, oh, that's okay. But really, it shouldn't be okay. Somebody else can't just change your name because they feel like it. So, you know, like I said, if that happens, then well, that person is dead to you. Just, you're gone. But see, Sorry. this is the thing is, then now that you've said that, I feel bad because like one of my best friends, his nickname was because people would say his last name wrong. Mm -hmm. And then it finally got to the point where I started calling him the abbreviated version of the the incorrect pronunciation. He did not like that. I just sort of deigned that that's what his name was going to be. But now it's like he's accepted it, but you've, you've made me feel bad. Cause I, I feel like I've imposed this on him, but that was, that was teenage boys, you know, yeah, and taking they the piss out sure. of each other. Yeah. I, I, he, he tried to return the favor, but it was a lot harder. Yeah. I can imagine. So, yeah, I think, you know, having that, though, and my daughter's the same way. I mean, we both have, we don't have, we didn't name our children with regular biblical Jane or Beth or all of the common names that everybody gets. So mm -hmm. both of them, I'm sure, have mispronunciations. And, uh, and yeah, my daughter has none of that. If she, somebody says her name wrong, she calls them out on it. And if they keep doing it, then she calls them out even worse. And, uh, and oh, yeah, so... Yeah. It's that good whole, and yeah, it's totally good for her. And it's something that, you know, she's going to need in her life. It's that, uh, assertiveness. Sorry, don't, don't screw with me. And, uh, this is, this is how it goes. So, yeah, it, it's the other interesting part. And I mean, maybe you're, um, you know, your kids have seen something similar is that baby force understands if you're trying. Now I will admit I don't necessarily understand what's so difficult when she corrects, but she acknowledges if you're, you're trying or, you know, in, and, or you're trying to do it, she'll, she'll give you the leeway. But if you just do it wrong, 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 wrong. Oh, and it's like that, that sort of mature ability to understand where, where the effort's being made or whatever. So anyhow, where does this kid get all this stuff from? Who I didn't know, teach her that because I, I don't have the maturity to be able to do any of that. And I, well, maybe my wife does. Maybe that's where it came from. But, you know, it's a, we're, we're another generation and we're more aware than our parents were, or I don't know. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah. Anywho. Oh, I kind of miss going to school. <laughs> I mean, there was a significant, uh, you know, difference in the amount of responsibility involved. But, uh, 
you know, it's like the entire time through school. Oh man, I can't wait till I'm an adult, become an adult. I really wish I was back in school. That's true. And it's one of those things where, you know, you, you wish, like if I could go back with the knowledge I have now and go back through the school system, that oh, but yeah. But then, okay, this is the thing you go back, like to what point do you go back to? Because if there's something that I have, I have come to understand, I have not reached that point yet, but like my parents used to talk about it as to when I sort of started bringing some levels of homework home where it's like, they didn't teach us. Like my mom, I remember I brought home some math homework and she's looking at it and she's like, I didn't learn any of this until university. And it's like grade 10. Mm. Now, some of that was also because of me not realizing and i don't think my family really understood where my my comprehension level was and so i think my teacher was sending home tough stuff just to shut me up get she me thought out. you were like, smart and you just weren't maybe um but uh but i would imagine i'm gonna reach that point so like you know with all the knowledge you have is it going to be sufficient to go back to necessarily where you'd want yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, yes. And okay. I'd bring my phone with me just so I could look it up on the internet because, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't need... Because that would work. Yeah. Man, uh, we're not there yet, but when no. Baby Force wants a phone... Oh, yeah? Uh, granted, when no, she doesn't yet, but let's say when she does. But now I'm thinking, will phones be a thing or will it be like, I don't know, whatever the heck it would be, like some VR headset snap glasses or... I don't know. Wasn't it Google that had like the, the glasses with like the little camera on them for they the longest still do. time? Yeah. I mean, they've been researching them for, cause I remember we, we went to a party in 2010 or so well, before we had kids. So yeah, we still went to parties mm-hmm. and somebody at the party had those. And so everybody tried them on. And I think a picture of me came up recently in the whole 12 years ago today, you were doing this. Wearing your cyborg glasses. Wearing my cyborg glasses. And I got to say, you know, 12 years ago, they weren't all that impressive. But who, very soon, I, you know, these things will happen. Yeah, agreed. Anyhow, I think that's actually probably a really good way to get uh, a segue in. Because uh, I think, you know, we are, in theory, a nerdy dad cast. We are. Um, What have you been up to? It's been a few months. Uh, Any nerdiness that's uh, taken place or... You or know, has it just been, been like the straight uh, and narrow, nice and nice and plain? Yeah, no, I've uh, I've been doing some nerdy stuff. I've been my my whole family, and again, this is part of the homeschooling. With uh, but D and D is great. You know, you make up adventures, mm-hmm. you run through stories, you role play, you create characters, you create worlds, and so it's been a very uh, good thing for my kids. My son certainly. I've talked in the past about how he's into it. So over the last uh, six or eight months, we did we started doing family adventures where the four of us played because my daughter wasn't uh, getting enough D and D time. She was jealous of her brother's time. So that was one thing that we did, and we've really gotten into as a family, and it's been great. And so we pass off the adventure. My son wrote the first part of the adventure and wrote his world, and then I wrote the next adventure with some of the characters and added some new things. And then my daughter she started writing something. So you know that's sort of been a thing we've been going through. And then you know I'm still gaming when. Gaming is my wind down every night. I get to about 10 p.m. every night, and then I'm allowed to play video games by myself, and that's uh, sort of the one thing I've been doing lately. So, yeah. Well, the, um, yeah, DNA, I think we talked about this, like, way back when, but I had sort of started, like, you know, I never got into it, but it seems like something I, I totally could. And so I had bought, like, the book, like, you know, the big D&D book. Um, plus, it was, like, on sale on Amazon, which was weird because I think everyone at the time was buying the damn thing. 
but um, I'd sort of flip through and I was like, oh man, I can create my own character. I'm going to totally just start, you know, I'm going to give him a name. And I'm going to say what he is and a little bit of a backstory. I didn't go and like try to roll in any stats or anything like that. Cause I wanted to, you know, sort of have someone who had some experience or to lead me along the way. And sure. Um, but then nothing ever really came of it because I didn't really know anyone at the time that was into it. And those that, that sort of were, weren't really as keen to have some guy who had absolutely knew what he was doing, join them in a virtual sense. Cause it no was news, you know, bro. Yeah, pretty much. And so eh, it sort of had died on the floor. That book is in a box somewhere here. Um, but uh, the funny thing is, is I did sort of share within one of my communities that I'd done this and, Oh, what's the name of your, your character? And, um, I had said it was like this, you know, crusty old paladin's name was relic and camera what the, what the last name was now. And, uh, you know, he, he scavenged the shores for all this stuff anyhow. And then finally someone's like, dude, I'm old enough to know you just ripped off a character from beachcombers. And I'm like, kind of thinking that's cool. Cause now I'm not alone, but then it's like, only one person did, so maybe I'm that old. It was your lifelong dream of finally becoming a relic. I understand. These things are imprinted on us at an early age. Uh, one thing I would say, though, if you do have interest in doing that, go check out your friendly local neighborhood game store. And usually they have various yeah. games going and uh, of, all, of all levels. So you can sort of dip your toe in and people won't think you're too much of an idiot. And then you yeah. can sort of take over. There, so speaking of game stores, there is one up the street. It is Warhammer. Okay. Now, I don't. It's 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 titled Warhammer, which kind of in my mind, I'm like, can you do that from a brand perspective? But where are you Warhammer are, has, has re- yeah. retail stores. I don't know. But also where I live, it, I'm not going to lie. It seems kind of out of place. Right. But anyhow, I am not here to question it. Maybe there's a very big Warhammer, you know, clientele in the area. Yeah, I, just, I don't know. Yeah. Me, um, I haven't really been doing a whole lot of like gaming, gaming. Um, have you turned on your PS5 yet? It's been a long time. Well, so I, I actually have now, I plugged in upstairs. I gave up like doing anything down here because I think when we last talked, I was, I was sort of, you know, inspired by you getting a projector. Yeah. And, uh, but I never actually went and did anything like that. So I, I did plug it in upstairs and I, you know, fired it up and uh, had to get used to the fact that the PS5 controller um, has this sort of like the, I don't know what to call it, but like you have to double, like push in harder on the uh, R2 and R1 keys to actually, you know, leverage past the spring or whatever it is that, for the slight pressure, I can't remember what the term is, um, but it got so frustrating. And then I also learned that uh, the TV that I had bought for us here um, does not like game systems out of the box, and that you need to turn on game mode. That took me a while to figure out, uh, which was uh, also frustrating. Like, there's a lot of frustrations occurring there. Is that just because you're getting to the sort of old man stage of Life Force now? Your old man Life Force, and you're like, you know, in my day we had controllers with two buttons and we liked it. 
<laughs> and they plugged into our CRT TV, and it looks like crap. It, we thought it was okay. Yeah, right. You know, it could be. It could be I'm reaching that point. But uh, no, the PS5 is plugged in, and I, I fired it up. I played a little wor- uh, game of Worms Rumble or whatever it was, because I Baby Force was sitting right next to me, and I was sort of going through, like, what titles can I play here? That, yeah. You know, uh, and even then, it's kind of a stretch, but at least this way, I could argue that cartoon cartoon worms are just blowing each other up and smacking each other around. It's and, just like Looney Tunes only, you know. Yeah, and so um, so I did that, but uh, I uh, I put a deposit down on a Steam Deck. Ooh, and uh, you know maybe that was what cursed me because um, I don't think I've mentioned it on uh, on the show so far. But uh, over the course of the summer, I found myself. Uh, as one of many people in the tech space in Canada, but also, you know, worldwide, uh, having their rules eliminated. Mm. So, you know, deposit on a Steam Deck a few weeks later, no longer a job to pay for said Steam Deck. But I'm thankful that Valve has had so much demand that they can't keep up with that I may then be employed by the time that the deposit uh, comes due. But, I mean, they did it really cool where you're just putting like five bucks down. And if you decide, no, nah, I don't want it after all, they're like, okay, we'll just throw $5 of Steam credit in your account. So. Huh. But uh, I've heard good things about the Steam Deck. A few people that I, I've talked to that have one, um, they speak highly of the experience. Um, and now that the Switch has been co-opted by my daughter. Fair enough. I no longer have that sort of portable sit-down and, and game device. So, And I, I mean, I say this today. There's no way she'll ever get a Steam Deck, but she'll have your honest. Steam Deck. It's yeah. If she, yeah, if she, if she, def- she, she decides that she is nerdy enough to utilize it, and why would I go and stand in the way of her nerdiness? Nope, encourage. Yeah, but uh, but no, I mean that's that's it. Like it's it's kind of weird because like I I've not found a a game that really scratches an itch or 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 whatnot. Yeah, I've slogged through a couple of games where it just it, it just went on and on and on. Uh, I did Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and my God, I mean, at first being a Viking, that was great. But then the game, it was the first time I'd ever played a game where I was like, is this never going to end? Because I put in 100, 120, 150 hours. I don't even know how much I put into that game, but it just didn't end. And then even when you got close to the end, it wasn't an ending because the ending is still DLC that's yet to come. And it's like, oh my God, I can't do that. So... So yeah, it's I slog through, and it's been a couple now that I've enjoyed since then. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, mostly to let my brain just turn off at nights and wind down for bedtime. Yeah, I mean the the nerdiest that I could say that I'm doing is listening to a whole lot of uh, John and Hank Green podcast stuff. Nice, they do some pretty good podcast productions. Uh, SciShow Tangents is one that I really enjoy. And educational. Um, yeah, well, that's the thing. It's it's educational and it's uh, it's quirky, and I I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, I have watched maybe a little more television content, which is weird. But uh, welcome to Wrexham. Yes, um, yes. Have you heard or and or watched it? Yeah, we've we have one one more episode that we haven't watched yet of the ones that are currently available, and yeah, we it's a very it's it's uh, yeah. I you know. Uh, with deference to the people of Wales and also more, you know, essentially the people of Wrexham, I enjoy sort of 
how it's been structured to show how, you know, two random dudes come together, decide to buy it. Like, I mean, Ryan and raw got into this thinking beyond like, Oh, here's what this will do and help extend the brand and diversify what have you, blah, blah, blah. Here's an opportunity. Um, I don't necessarily look at this as like they wanted to truly own a, an associated football team. I think it's a really interesting sort of, and they probably didn't mean it, but it's a really interesting sort of um, thing about just celebrity culture, about Mm -hmm. money and about inequality, because the fact that two bros can just go and say, Hey, you want to buy a football team? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Yeah. And and, a whole thing in itself. It's like, Oh my God. Well, and this is like, you know, in a few of the episodes, right. Where they, they show like, Oh, here's what like Ryan and, and Rob are, are, are doing for this, this, this club. They're pouring in money. Right. Uh, and then it's like, Oh, here's one of our star players. And he's there like tearing down the, like the paint off the walls and doing his own work. Cause I mean, he, he can't afford to go in and, and have anyone else help. I mean, he's a professional footballer and he'll, he'll say, yeah, you know, people think I'm like rolling in the money, but no, I'm not. But at the end of the day, Hey, they're paying me to do something I love. Like it's just a, you know, how people perceive and the perceptions. I, I really enjoy sort of that part. But uh, the reason I ask is there was an episode that did a sort of brought the worlds of that and John green together. Okay. In a, uh, an experience that like, I'm like, Oh, I totally know that. Love that. <laughs> Enjoying this. I also find it interesting because, you know, you and I have experienced in the past sort of a severe fandom and the going up and down with the team, but not to that level. The British do. I don't think, you know, I, I, we were both major Canucks fans yeah. and we went through those years and we lived and I still have a connects podcast. So I'm maybe but, technically still going through it. Yeah, there you go. So, but yeah, yeah. so I see that as sort of, a, it's really interesting in that it's like just levels and levels beyond where you're like born into it. And that's just how it goes. Yeah. And, well, and then they like the, some of the people they have on, they talk about like, Oh, I was born into it. You know, my, I remember going down to the such and such, uh, I think they call it the, the race track or come with the stadium and yeah. in, in Rexham's called. And, um, you know, going to the ground, my grand, my granddad took me and his granddad took him and my dad and all this. And, um, one of the fathers, he's like, yeah. And then like, they show it an episode of he and his son there. And I'm all for, you know, the, the, you know, father, son, father, child, you know, bonding relationship. Kids just sleeping through this. Like it's a match night. Right. Like, um, but, uh, you know, 20 years from now, the kids probably gonna be like, oh, I remember when my granddad and my dad and his granddad's dad and, you know, grandma and everyone. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting reinforcement. I mean, that's always been something as a parent that I've been very conscious of where it's like, you know, you never know what's going to make the memory. You can take mm-hmm. the kid to Disneyland. You can do all these things that you think are going to be the memory, but then he's going to remember the time that you played with him in a box in the basement. And so yeah. it's, you know, it, it's about what, those memories and what those moments are with your kids and when you're gone, what they're still going to remember. So I think, you know, in a situation like this, it's like, yeah, sure. The kids are sleeping through it, but it's totally, yeah, I remember when I went with my grand and all of these things. And yeah, I think it's, that's, it's been really entertaining so far and we were interested. We, we've been enjoying it. Yeah. And I, I only bring it up because I, you know, caught up on the last couple of episodes uh, earlier today. So. We've got, well, I think actually we've got three now because the new ones have probably come out, but uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Anywho, here we are at uh, oh, the end of uh, an uh, episode that has been long waiting. Um, hi, uh, John's mother-in-law, who's probably our only listener at this point. <laughs> uh, but uh, we do intend on this show sort of getting back in the swing of things it's the new season of the nerdy dad cast uh, not yet the nerdy granddad cast unless there's something you're not telling me um but uh but no i mean obviously we're gonna have some fun just you know shooting the proverbial um talking about all sorts of different things sort of what's going on in our worlds is, is sort of two nerdy dads the nerdy stuff we might be up to um pitching sponsorship deals with the keg and of course we actually do really want to hear from you so if you have ideas of what we should talk about or you know we're there has been a break so we're more than willing to kick things around a little bit try some new things so if this means you want to hear us talk about it's something different please let us know um our twitter has been dormant for a long time now but we can pick that back up that's the easiest way to get a hold of us at nerdy dadcast and there's other ways too but you know that's the one Uh that's the one I was going to say. Go to nerdydadcast.com where the cake remains a lie. <laughs> one day it might be true again, but probably not. You know. Yeah, but uh, but no. Um, and I guess you know I have to concede that if your ideas are like, I want you to talk about how you and John were white cow season ticket holders all the way back when, with an intricate uh, explanation of your experience sitting there on the south side in the pouring rain. We're too old. We don't remember that anymore. But we'll try. God, some of those nights, John, why did we stay and watch what we watched in like the, like, I don't know what was it like September or whenever it was. I, just I paid there was good one money for those tickets. Like, and, and it's just, just pouring rain, like just the buckets pouring from the sky and we're there drenched. We wanted to be Wrexham fans. We just weren't. Heck, in Wrexham, I don't think they actually have seats like that. Or the ones they have are, are in the condemned section or whatever it is. <laughs> I think the really funny thing about that, though, is we were there a lot of stormy nights. And you were sitting on metal. Like The bleachers were on metal. The chairs were on metal. It doesn't oh. seem like a good idea in so many aspects now, all these years later. But, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we live to tell the story, right? I think. I mean, it's just yeah. like... It's like, how the heck did we survive as kids? Uh, the same thing. How the heck did we survive as fans of the Whitecaps FC when they played at Empire Field? How the heck are we still doing this? Oh, but on behalf of John and myself, Chris, uh, I'm just going to ask you one very simple thing, and that is to stay nerdy, my friends. Mm-hmm.